Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is. It's the It Boy, one half of the All Night Express, Rhett Titus, and you're listening to the ROH cast at ROHworld.com. Let's get it, baby. Hello, Ring of Honor fans. Welcome to episode 30 of ROH Cast. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. As usual, I'm here with Stephen, the other co-owner and the editor of the website. Hi, everyone. And John, one of our executive writers, is joining us as well. How's it going? And we have a special guest from uh, thingsdessays.net. Des is with us here today. Des, how hey, are you what's doing? what's going on, gents? Uh, doing really well, having a Pepsi here and uh, looking forward to chatting Ring of Honor with you guys. Awesome. Uh, this week's show, we're going to do a detailed run-through, like a review of uh, the showdown this Sun weekend, which was uh, this past weekend on gofotlive.tv. Uh, we'll run through each of the match, you know, discuss what happened, and uh, also discuss the disappointing technical issues, but we'll uh, get to those in a bit. Uh, night one, which took place on Friday, began with the Briscoes uh, defeating Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols in a proven ground match. Um, we'll start with you, Stephen. What did you think of the uh, opener to night one? I thought it was brilliant, actually. I mean, watching the live stream, you could only sort of get bits and bobs from it, unfortunately. But it, even from the little bits we got, I thought it was really good. And unfortunately, we, we missed the end and we didn't actually know who won the match until we watched the replay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, I, I was really impressed by uh, Hayes and Nichols, actually. They really showed me uh, showed me some, some things. And uh, I'd, I'd definitely like them, you know, to see them back in Ring Runner. And uh, I think they've definitely proven that... Uh, you know that they should be given a few more, a uh, few more matches. So um, it was a good match as well. You know, very competitive considering that. You know, Hayes and Nichols have just uh, sort of, you know, come onto the scene in Ring of Honor. Obviously, they won the uh, Rise and Prove tournament in Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, really good opener to the show, and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I thought Hayes and Nichols looked really good in this match. It was a really good opener, great way to start the show, and. I didn't watch this show live. I uh, I watched the uh, cut the replay, and there's still some technical issues during the replay. Like the sound would cut out from time to time, and the video would cut out. But well, I guess we'll talk more about that later. But uh, yeah, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols looked really good, and I would love to see them get more opportunities in Ring of Honor in the future. I I was really impressed by them, and I thought this match was just a really good match and a great way to start the show. Yeah, I thought it was a fine opener. I mean, uh, it was a good way to start off a card, and it was a, a fast-paced thing, and it got the crowd into it. Uh, it, it did its job. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I mean, you know, it was a lot of confusion live because no one actually knew who won because the stream just didn't show the ending, so there was a lot of confusion. But That's yeah, how they leave you in suspense. You know? <laughs> exactly, yeah, until the day after you watch the replay. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It was a good choice for an open. I think it got the crowd going, and uh, I'd like to see uh, Haste and Nichols back again sometime. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Especially with the uh, you know, future shock that left, it sort of filled that gap, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they seem quite... Quite athletic. I mean, neither of them are particularly small guys. They're both, you know, quite big guys. So uh, I was, you know, quite surprised at their sort of style. So um, mm. yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see them go up against, you know, some of the other teams in the uh, tag division as well. Mm. What would you name them if they get came into Ring of Honor as a permanent team? Would you give them some sort of a uh, some catchy name like Aussie Shock or something? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give they've them any that, ideas. They've got the name at the moment. How is it? Team Murder Death Kill, I think it is. That's what they have. Yeah, that's what they've got on their. That's what the yeah, that's what they've got on their. Like they've got a T-shirt with TMDK and then um, that's what that weird that. acronym is. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I was trying to think. That's not their initials at all. That's that's what I'm led to believe. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if that's just someone. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I read that somewhere on the internet, which probably means it's not true. But <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I think anyway. So. Also, I just want to say, John, thank you for not saying why you didn't watch this live. I would have had to uh, bleep that out. I think. I don't watch it live because the technical issues. <laughs> uh, after the opener, we had a sort of impromptu match between Adam Cole and uh, Adam Pierce. Uh, Pierce had defeated Cole, I think, the night before, was it? At a yeah. WA show where the title was on the line, and uh, he was basically doing a promo saying that Cole was good but not great. Cole uh, obviously disagreed and uh, challenged him to a match, and we got sort of a, a quick match which saw um, Adam Cole get the win with the first of uh, many roll-ups this weekend but um apart from the disappointing roll-up what did you think of this john i thought it was good i i really like adam pierce he just reminds me of like an old school heel just somebody you can't help but boo and just want to see him lose 
And I think this is a really good way to continue to build Adam Cole up into, you know, the upper echelon of wrestlers in Ring of Honor. This is a great way to continue his push. And, you know, pinning the NWA world champion is, you know, still mm-hmm. has to be a big deal, even though, if, you know, the NWA isn't, you know, as big as it used to be. It's still, he pinned a champion. It's going to help. It's going to help his stock rise further in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with John Ray. I mean, I think Adam Pearce has to be one of like the most just natural heels ever. He even looks like a heel. You just have to look at him, and you, you just, as a John said, you just want to boo him, and you just want, you just want to see him lose. Um, I thought this was a really clever booking decision, actually. I don't know whose idea it was, but it was really clever to tie into the, the show the night before um, and obviously have, you know... Have, have the match and have Cornette say, you know, he can't put the, the title on the line. It just, mm. it, it made it just seem really impromptu and really sort of unplanned, which I thought was a, was a good idea. And obviously, I think Pierce actually wrestled the whole match in his, like, uh, his street gear, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> which I thought, I thought that was quite funny. But, um, I mean, I'd, I'd like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Pierce come back for a few few more matches. I know he was tweeting a lot afterwards saying how good it was to be home and stuff. And, mm. um Obviously, you know, he's got quite a rich history in Ring of Honor, so I'd, I'd quite enjoy him uh, coming back for a few matches. And, uh, yeah, it was it was nice for Cole to get a win. I mean, as as John said, you know, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, while it's, you know, maybe not the, the title it used to be or, you know, sort of the uh, organisation it used to be, I think it's still a big thing for someone like Cole to beat, you know, a champion like that. And, um, mm. you know, it, it helps his credibility. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so all round, it's, you know, it's... It, achieved a lot and uh, it was you know an enjoyable little match it was neat to have uh pierce put cole over and you're, you guys are right i mean pierce has this demeanor about him where he comes out and just screams boo this man you know <laughs> he's uh i don't know it was a fine match a very short match i would have liked to have seen them gone a bit longer but uh it was fine for what it was mm. yeah i think it will lead to maybe a rubber match between the two at a later show just to kind of, like you said, this was a short match, but I think it was just meant to be like a shocker, like, hey, this is happening now. And it wasn't meant to go long or be mm. anything more than what it was. So hopefully they'll get another chance to kind of have more time and flesh the match out more. Because I really liked, you know, the little bit they got to show in this match. I'd like to see them uh, do it mm. again. I think Pierce would have struggled to have about a 20-minute match in, in trousers as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping, like, he'd be like, oh, I'm not ready for this. And then kind of take his suit off and, like, have his wrestling trunks on underneath <laughs> Uh, yeah, true heel fashion. <laughs> uh, we then got to the first night of the duel, duel between the Ornat Express and the Young Bucks. And the first night was a tornado tag team match. Um, the Ornat Express got the win where when uh, Rhett Titus rolled up Matt Jackson uh, and got the win. But after the match, the um, Young Bucks did attack the Ornat, I think Rhett, not Kenny, sorry, with a steel chair just to sort of... Uh, sort of build up the feud leading into the street fight in night two. And, uh, uh, Des, what did you think of the match between, uh, ANX and the books? Uh, I'm never a fan of these street fight type fight uh, matches. Um, I can never say that I like them too much, but I thought actually the, over the two nights, they told a very good story where they they exchanged, uh, ANX and young bucks exchanged victories, um, in their, the other signature match. So I thought that was a cool kind of story to tell over the two days, but you know, it was an okay match. Yeah, I think it, it, this was the sort of match that afterwards you sort of forget sort of what happened. It was just, you know, it was a good match, but it was nothing memorable. It's not the sort of match that you're going to say, oh, that, that really cool thing happened or that was a really good match. I mean, they, they obviously couldn't do too much with the, the street fight coming up the night before. Mm. Um, I'm surprised they went the way they did with ANX sort of getting the sort of cheap-ish win in the, yeah. the Tornado match and then... You know the books winning the street fight. I thought they'd do it the other way around. Personally, I thought that I think that would have worked a little bit better. But um, yeah, no, no, no qualms of the match. It was, it was, uh, it was decent enough. Oh, I screwed up, didn't I? Um, that was this was the tornado match. I thought it was a street fight we were talking about. My mistake. <laughs> um, uh, just real quick, sorry, John. Um, that you know that I like those tornado tags, but they they're just really fast and they're sort of hard to keep track of. So I, I still say it was an okay match. It was just very fast and it was fun. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was a fun match. I couldn't really tell you one thing that happened during it, though. But <laughs> I just remember I, I liked it when it was happening. And I thought they told it, you know, like, like y'all said, they told a great story for two days. And I like, yeah, I like the post-match uh, attack to help build up the, the night after. But this match was fine for what it was. It was a fun little match. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. 
while it was happening. And but I was surprised how the All Night Express got the win here, and in the fashion they did, I would have expected the Bucks to win here, and then the All Night Express to win the street fight. But that's not what happened. So oh well. We then got to the TV top match, which saw uh, Jay Lethal defend against Kyle O'Reilly. Um, he doesn't didn't have the TV title at the time, as Champa stole it at the 10th anniversary show, and uh, Champa appeared at ringside with without the belt, I believe, because they'd left it at um, Champa's home. At the end of the match, saw Lethal get the win with a super kick, followed by the Lethal injection, which hopefully Kevin Kelly actually called right for once. Uh, so, Stephen, what did you think of the TV title match? Um, I think it's quite similar to the ANX and Bucks match in sort of way that it was it was a good match, but you know thinking back to it now, I, you know I can't really remember that that much of what actually happened in the match. I mean, there were, you yeah. know there was some good and back uh, good back and forth sort of uh, exchanges between the two, and uh, I like the finish where O'Reilly sort of had the um, so that wasn't the finish where O'Reilly had the uh, guillotine choke locked in, and then Lethal hit the Lethal combination out of it. I thought that was that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was another match that, you know, I already, I already proved that he can sort of stick it with, uh, you know, some of the best in Ring of Honor. So, uh, you know, it, it, it did its uh, purpose there. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it it was good for the spot on the card where it was. You know, they weren't going to go out there and have a 30-minute sort of, you know, marathon. A, because there's, a, you know, it's a TV title match and there's a time <laughs> limit. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it, if, you know, it filled its purpose on the card. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a decent match. Yeah, I think this match was kind of more overshadowed by the angle that was going around, going on around the match with Champa and Lethal, mm. and I, and I think people are going to remember that more than the match itself, because I only remember like the spot, like you said, where he powered out of the guillotine to hit the Lethal combination. I remember the uh, fight, like when they took it up on the uh, stage. Like that's really all I can remember from this match besides the ending. And it was, you know, I remember enjoying the match, but. At, Felt like it was just more of like a filler match to to build up to the next night when Champa was going to do something with the TV title involving Lethal. You guys, you guys need to forgive me here. I watched so much wrestling this weekend; it's all running together. Where, <laughs> where in this did Prince Nana sing "Where in the Money"? It was that, before this, or after. That this. was my favorite part of the whole show. <laughs> yeah, that, that it was a pretty much promo from the embassy, wasn't it? He he um, came out with Champa and. R.D. Evans, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that Prince Nana is he's just amazing, isn't he, to be honest? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. It was awesome. Uh, we then got to the next match, which was Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, uh, defeating Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander, which was a uh, rematch from the TV show the week before. Um, I thought this match was, was okay. I, I mean... Honestly, I mean, to be honest, as Des just said, I watch so much wrestling, I honestly cannot remember this match that much, to be honest. I mean, John, what did you, what can you remember from this? I remember laughing hysterically at Charlie Haas the entire time, as I do every time he wrestles these days. <laughs> I just find him so funny, but I thought this was a decent match. I mean, I compared, you remember when they had the match together on the TV show? late last year and how not good it was at all. Yeah. Every time I see these two are going to wrestle these two teams, I just dread it. But, and then I always end up pleasantly surprised when it turns out to be a decent match. And I was really... I, I, I'm getting more and more impressed every time I see Coleman and Alexander because they've been putting on good performances and showing that they can you know, hang and deserve to be in the position they're being put in and that they have a future. And I just thought this was a decent match overall. And really nothing negative to say about it mm. yeah exactly what john said really it was uh you know it was a decent match without really being a you know a standout contest for either team really but i, I like the finish where benjamin hit the uh you know the, the leaping suplex where he sort of jumps yeah that was rope. good that was yeah uh, that was uh that was it was nice to see that they actually pulled off a big move as well like that because they've they've sort of uh become notorious by sort of botching their signature moves <laughs> i know the amount of times that they've they've messed up the was it the leap of faith they called it. Oh yeah, I remember like, final battle especially. Yeah, so uh, it was it was nice to have a you know sort of big signature move to finish the match as well. I I, I noticed now whenever I watch a world's greatest tag team ma- or wrestling's greatest tag team match, I just never enjoy myself. I find <laughs> <laughs> I find their style 
to be very boring. And I, I'm realizing now that I'm on the show, I, I sound like such a jaded wrestling fan. Um, to you listeners, ROH cast listeners, I, I assure you, <laughs> I assure you, I really do like Ring of Honor, I promise. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, this this first show, uh, up to this point, I, I was just, it was just sort of there for me. So this was another okay match. It was, it was there. We then got to uh, Mike Bennett defeating Lance Storm with a TKO. I thought this match was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I remember the all the negativity when you know Bennett was announced as Storm's opponent, and you know I think this was a really enjoyable match. And Storm, you know, proved he still got it, and uh, it was you know as I said a great match, and it was a good way to get you know Bennett more over because he's defeated such a huge star such as Lance uh, such as Lance Storm and uh, I like the end where you know they went back in to shake his hand but then he just uh, gave him the, another box office smash for a good measure at the end um Des what did you think of this one well I'm I'm a really big Lance Storm fan to begin with so I was already biased towards this match um I just thought this match had such great psychology coming into it and and throughout I'm a big proponent of a match having a really sound structure and this one had that where you had uh, Lance build up to the uh, Calgary Crab spot. Mm. And I thought when he finally locked it on, the crowd popped huge because the psychology of it was so good. And uh, you had, you know, Storm kicking out of everything. He wouldn't stay down until the end there. So it was a it was a very good match. I really enjoyed this one. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. it's oh, Bennett's best match in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I definitely. I can't think of one that was as good as this. I remember when they like all the negativity building up to it from the Ring of Honor fans, and I remember just thinking like it's going to be a good match against Lance Storm and and, and Mike Bennett's still a good worker despite you know everybody not liking him. So I was really looking forward to this match, and it was a really good match, like you said, Des. I really enjoyed it. Like like you said, it told a story of like Lance, uh, like it had a good structure and everything, and I just really enjoyed this match. It was the best match of the night up to this point by far. I really like the commentary as well because they are putting over how you know Lance Storm is uh, you know struggling with he's obviously getting older so he's not getting any fitter in the ring and you know how he's keep fighting on he's he's still trying to defeat Bennett and in the end he couldn't I thought it's you know told a great story as you said yeah I was really impressed by Storm actually the, some of the stuff he was doing for a guy you know his age I thought it was uh, you know it's uh, I wouldn't you know be against him having another match or two because I think he definitely proved that he can still hang with. Uh, you know, more, more or less anyone, and agreeing with uh, you two as well. I mean, he's, Mike Bennett has not had a better match in Ring of Honor than this. I mean, hopefully this will be his big breakout match where people will start, you know, stop saying, no, oh, you know, uh, you know, he sucks, he can't wrestle, because obviously, you know, obviously he can. Mm. I mean, uh, maybe he's had some disappointing matches in the past. I don't think even he'd uh, sort of, uh, you know, try and say that he hasn't, but this match will hopefully put him on the map and hopefully give, give him a bit of momentum going forward. Because since final battle, the you know this failure to secure the TV title, I feel he's just sort of, I don't know, he's he he's lost a lot of momentum since then. So I'm I'm, I'm glad he's got this big win against you know guys like Storm, who's you know so well respected. And uh, as you said, I, I really liked the end where he sort of went back in the ring and hit the, you know, he looked like he was going to give him a you know handshake and then hit the box office smash as well. It's just. Mm. It's, I think it's he's got to be the most overheal in the company at the moment. I think everyone just hates him. Everyone just wants him to wants to see him lose. <laughs> and uh, I loved Kevin Kelly's reaction as well after he was like, oh, when he yeah. was walking past the commentary table. I just yeah, you could good. see the hatred in Kevin Kelly's eyes. <laughs> Damn think, you, young man! <laughs> <laughs> I think we should definitely see some sort of Kevin Kelly and Mike Bennett match somewhere down the line. Oh, dear God, no! Oh, please, no! Maybe Brutal okay. Bob. Book it. Brutal Bob, yeah. Brutal Bob against Kevin Kelly sometimes, yeah. <laughs> That's one to book. Or how about Brutal Bob and Mike Bennett versus Kevin Kelly and Nigel? To... Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good chat. Yeah, Nigel will definitely return for that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the big box office match that he'd, he'd, he'd come back for. That would be <laughs> it, Ray. Final battle, guys. Final <laughs> battle, main event. <laughs> <laughs> Um, has everyone shared the thoughts on that match before we move on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Uh, up next was uh, Kevin Steen uh, taking on El Generico in a last man standing match. Uh, the end of the match saw Jimmy Jacobs uh, interfere and uh, actually side with Kevin Steen and uh, use the spike on Generico and then hit him with a steel chair, if I remember rightly, to um, get the win. Uh, Kevin Steen got the win, obviously. Um, I thought this match was you know, really enjoyable. I wouldn't say it was as good as the final battle match, but obviously they can't top that. I don't think that's what they are trying to do, but I think it was a you know another good match and um, you know it's good going forward with the Jacobs and Steen united and I'm interested to see you know where it's going to lead to next. Um, Stephen, uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I, I don't think it sort of lived up to the uh, the final battle match, but as you said, that that was such a good match and you know it was such a build up to that match. I, I don't think they they could have done it. And uh, but you know they they fit a lot into you know that, the time they were given and. Uh, I think these guys could, you know, Steen and Jericho could just wrestle every show and you wouldn't get sick of seeing them beat the crap out of each other. (laughs) You can just feel the hatred that both of them have for each other, you know, Mm -hmm. in the ring. It's just, it it comes through to the crowd, which is really, you know, really strange. But um, it was really, I didn't expect Jacobs to to come back at all, to be honest. I mean, obviously, uh, his bio was removed from the RH website, wasn't it? And I know there's a, a thread on our forum where a lot of people were pretty angry that they thought Jake disappeared. Yeah, back. yeah. So glad to see him back, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and him and Steen now, because Steen was almost treating him like some sort of slave. The way he was just sort of pulling him around. After yeah, that. that was quite strange, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure if if he's just gonna like. I don't know. It's it's. I like these sort of. I like these little storylines where it just you don't haven't got a clue what's going to happen. You know, it mm. could go. It could go in any direction, but in my opinion, it can only be positive because having Jacobs back is, uh, you know, is a great thing. He's, you know, he's, he was misused since he was brought back. He wasn't given enough, you know, high match, high profile matches when, uh, you know, he should be in some, you know, should be in big matches because uh, he's got such a history in the company and he's a great wrestler. So there's no reason for him to come back now and have, you know, loads of good matches and uh, really embrace his uh, his evil side because I think that's that's where he really uh, he really excels. I do see, um, I see Jacobs kind of, like you guys said, being that slave character. I don't think there's really a spot for him right now to do much, uh, do, uh, be involved in any, any storylines per se. Um, as for the match, I mean, I think this match was a lot safer than final battle. Uh, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I hated the final battle match. I, just, I hate that style of match. I really do. Um, I cringe whenever we have those kinds of matches. So this match was a lot safer. Um, so, you know, I, I give it a, you know, like thumbs in the middle. It was, it was a very, very good match. They had the very, very good spots. I just, I'm, I'm always, uh, I always watch those matches uh, in, in a little bit of apprehension, I guess. I love the bit where Steen entered and a, a fan had a cornet face sign. <laughs> Steen just took it off him and destroyed it and spanned it. It was, it was so funny. <laughs> I like that bit. Of, was it? Was it the end? Yeah, the end where he, um, Jake was sitting on like the the platform, and the the fan came over and like poked Steve <laughs> and turned around and kissed him. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, we then got to the main event of night one, which is a triple threat match for the ROH World Title. Um, David Richards defend successfully against Eddie Edwards and Roderick Strong. It, it was an um, an elimination match. Eddie Edwards was the first to be eliminated, and then obviously uh, Davey eliminated Strong at the end with a kick to the head, I believe. Yeah, it was like a spinning sort of kick, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it'll come up with a finisher soon. But um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed this match, and uh, one thing I've got to give him credit for is that it didn't go too long, which is what I was really worried about. Is that yeah. it was going to be like a forty-five minute um, chop, slap, and kick fest, but it, it wasn't that at all. And I thought it was just—I think it was about twenty minutes, which was—it didn't drag on at all. And I thought it was a, a good match. And obviously, perhaps they didn't want to have too long of a match because obviously Davey had that amazing match with Elgin, which we'll talk about soon on night two. But um, Des, what did you think of the triple threat match? Um, I've only seen bits and pieces of it because I, uh, the on-demand version I watched for some reason didn't have it at the time. But um, I heard it was very good. I'm very happy that they did pace it. I, I hate when Ring of Honor does their 45-minute matches and the crowd dies after 20. Mm. So um, good on them for pacing the match and uh, good setup at the end for night two as well. Yes, because obviously after the match, um, we saw Elgin attack Davey with the spinning power, I believe. So that obviously built up for the title match on night two. 
Yeah, this was just a great way to sort of end these three guys' uh, sort of hunt for the title. We I mean, we well, yeah, I mean, obviously Strong's got the TV title now. He's, you know, he'll be off doing his own thing. And hopefully Edwards can, I don't know what they'll be doing with Edwards. I mean, uh, you know, he's, I think he can he can wrestle more or less anyone on the roster and get, you know, have a good match with them. So he's, there's plenty for him to do. I mean, I don't, I don't see any, any reason why Edwards and Strong shouldn't be kept out of the title picture for, you know, quite a while now, just to give us some fresh matchups. Um, you know, like the Richards and Elgin match has turned out to be a really, really great match. So, um, yeah, as, as you said, again, I, I'm glad they've taken on, I mean, I, I presume they've taken on board some fan fan reaction from, you know, especially Final Battle. From where, cast, I'm sure they yeah, listen. Yeah, maybe they're listening to this, yeah. If they are, then... I apologise if they do listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean, especially at Final Battle, I mean, there was there was two or three matches that just... You know, you had the was it the Contenders Cup, the the tag title match and the the world title match that just they went too long and they just you know they just completely drained all the you know drained the crowd completely and even people watching at home they just it, after a while you just sort of you know you just you can't con- continue you know going after a match when they've been going for forty minutes and you know it's, I'm I'm glad that they've you know that. They realise now that you don't have to have a really long match to have a great match, and um, mm. but you know this, I'd, you know it, it wasn't this wasn't a brilliant match, but it was it was a nice way to end this you know sort of uh, rivalry between the three guys, and um, as you say, it set up the the match and you know the night after quite well. So kudos to uh, the booking for that for that, but um, yeah, good match, and uh, I'm glad it was you know as you said it wasn't a forty minute sort of chop fest where it could have you know really drained the crowd so uh yeah good on them for that we then get to the uh night two showed on the sun weekend which took place on saturday uh, it was saturday afternoon actually because um of the whole i think is it due to the hall of fame in the evening they don't want to conflict with that is that correct i think it must have been yeah yeah anyway um i haven't seen the first half of this show because I was actually out and didn't get back until halfway through the Briscoes match so I'm going to leave it up to you guys to discuss the um, first half so the show began with I believe Jimmy Jacobs taking on El Generico in an unannounced match um, Des how was this match? Um, it was cool uh, it started out actually with uh, Jacobs cut a promo and he basically talked about how he was the uh, zombie princess again and <laughs> He, uh, Carino, he and Carino tried to be good, but Jacob said that being good wasn't for him. So the match, um, uh, it was, it was short. It was cool. It was a good opener. The fans really didn't want to see Generico lose twice though. And, and when he did lose to mm-hmm. Jacobs, the fans were very upset about that. I felt. You know, you have to sort of question, where does Generico go from here? Is this, you know, is this the end of Generico and ROH? Because... You know, night one you had you know the, the the nasty chair shot and obviously the spike and then night two you've you know, got him losing to Jacobs. I mean, I know especially and Jacobs hasn't got a win for ages, so to actually lose to <laughs> yeah. Jacobs at this point is there. Uh... And Generico, I believe he turned up in Drengate the night on the on the evening actually. I, I yeah, believe. the second night he worked the um, Chuck Taylor Invitational, which it became after Puck went into the main event and. Uh, he showed up and it was a surprise to everyone. And uh, he's not under a Ring of Honor contract, so he could legally work both shows. So um, yeah, I know he's he's booked for one of the Evolve shows, isn't he? As well, so yeah, against Loki. Obviously, yeah, obviously he's not contracted to ROH, and I think they've for some reason they seem really reluctant to give him any sort of momentum because I don't know if they think he's going to be signed away and. That'll be the end of it all. Well, they probably don't want to push him because he's not signed. There's no guarantee that they won't put all this time into him, and then he just sort of goes somewhere else, and it's just been yeah. a waste. That's probably why. Yeah, I can I can sort of see why they're doing it. I mean, I can see why both sides of you know why Generico hasn't signed a contract and why ROH are a bit sort of reluctant to give him a push. But I think it'd be in both both parties you know best interests if they just forget the whole contract situation and just let Generico wrestle. I mean, <laughs> he's he's in my opinion one of the the best guys on the roster. I mean, you, you never get bored of seeing a Generico match. Uh, he's, he's probably up there, in my opinion, with Michael Elgin as the two guys I'm, who really, really entertain me when they wrestle. I mean, that, I think every single match I've seen of those two guys, you know, that never failed to deliver a really entertaining match because both are really unique. 
you know, compared to anything else on the roster, both guys are, you know, completely different. And I think that's why I, you know, enjoy them so much. So hopefully this isn't the end of Generico because that would be, you know, that'd be a great shame to, mm. to Ring of Honor. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see Jacobs back. And uh, as I said, it'll be interesting to see where he goes with this, uh, with this whole sort of evil thing again. And uh, hope to see Generico back as well. I'm sure they'll tell Generico something too. I'm sure the powers that be, uh, and I, I mean, um, you know, like Delirious and I'm not Vince Russo. I'm sure they'll tell him, you know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we don't want you working both shows, so choose which one you want to work for. And uh, it, I guess it'll depend on what Generico's choice is. Up next, we had uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, with the embassy at ringside defeating Cedric Alexander. Um, is this Cedric Alexander's first singles match in Ring of I think. I think he Possibly. might have had before he was signed. I think he might have had one or two. Ah, maybe. Well, it's the first in a lot that I can remember. So it's definitely yeah, been definitely a while, since but... they've been signed. I think. Um, Des, how was this match? You know, how was Cedric in a singles match? Cedric Alexander did have another singles match. Remember a few weeks ago on a Ring of Honor television where uh, he he became inexplicably Guy Alexander for a brief moment. Oh, cool. yeah. oh dear. We actually spoke to Champa about that. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, this match was it was a basically a showcase match for Champa. Um, the finish basically saw Champa knee Alexander in the head, and his head would go, go into the post twice. So he got the uh, knockout victory there. Hmm. Yeah, I like the way they're sort of building up Champa as this sort of just psychopath. Really, I mean, he's got a couple of sort of referee stoppage wins, and it just it makes sense to me just to sort of build him as this sort of guy. But. Um, Again, going forward, like booking wise, it'd be interesting to see where they go with him now. He's obviously, you know, strong winning the TV title. Does he now feud with strong for the TV title? Does he still go after Lethal? I he's going to have to go after Lethal, really, because he's the one that cost him the belt, and he's the reason he's not champion anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting going forward. And, you know, I, I was quite impressed with Cedric Alexander in this match. I thought he was quite impressive. I mean, I know he's he wrestles quite a lot on the independent scene as, you know, obviously without Caprice Coleman in the tag team anyway. So, uh, um, yeah, this was, uh, again, it was a nice little addition to the, to the card that we weren't expecting. Up next was uh, TJ Perkins taking on Shikara's Fire Ant. Um, unfortunately, I haven't seen this one either yet due to uh, being very busy with uni work, but um, I was quite surprised that TJP got a win. Um, I been the first for a long time actually it's uh, good to see they're actually going to let him beat someone even if he's not actually part of Ring of Honor but uh, uh, Des how was uh, TJP taking on Fire Ant? Well this match made me very angry uh, <laughs> because it this is where the brownout happened so the match just sort of died um, when I watched so those the at home, what exactly is a, a brownout? A brownout is where the you lose power and you lose enough power to to barely keep the lights on but not enough to do what ring of honor wanted to do and that was you know transmit the pay-per-view via the internet so you lose some power but not all power and that's what a blackout I, I, yeah i had never heard of the term brownout before no i've never heard i think they've just i think they've made it up to be honest oh yeah <laughs> trademark it you need to get a new brownout t-shirt coming oh soon. there you go it's gonna be the next uh the next big ring of honor star is brownout <laughs> but yeah you're right tj perkins won with the uh, 450 john how how was this much did you enjoy it it was good but i think i expected too much out of it knowing who was in this match mm. and i think i had my expectations way too high it was still a good match but it wasn't as great as i thought it would be so i think it's, it's not their fault why i didn't enjoy as much as i did like they did everything they could to make it a really good match and it was still a good match just not as good as I thought it would be, so I guess I shouldn't have such high expectations. <laughs> Up next, we had uh, Carlo Riley taking on Adam Cole, but um, as far as I can tell from the report on com, this was not actually aired at all on the stream due to the uh, infamous brownout. Um, I feel so I, bad for these guys. I understand Ring of Honor have now uploaded the match to YouTube for free, so everyone can watch it, not just the 
pay-per-view purchases, which is a bit strange, to be honest. But um, Kyle O'Reilly actually defeated Adam Cole when um, Cole went for a crossbody and O'Reilly reversed it into a roll-up and grabbed the tights. So looks like this feud might be continuing. You know, I think it's a good decision to give Cole the win here because obviously, you know, um, did I say give Cole the win? That's yeah. <laughs> uh, give, give Kyle the win, rather, um, because, you know, Cole's had all these big wins recently. He's got so much momentum behind him, but O'Reilly sort of hasn't got any sort of big wins. So it was a good way for, you know, Cole doesn't look weak or anything because, he, you know, he did, O'Reilly had to cheat to win, but it still gets some momentum behind O'Reilly. And unfortunately, no one really saw it because of the brownout. But has anyone here actually had a chance to watch this on YouTube? Yeah, I have. Um, a cool story. I, I just like, I really like storytelling in wrestling. Um and uh, the story I, I saw here was uh, Cole tried to use the same move that he pinned Davey Richards with, and uh, O'Reilly used it against him. So that was sort of a cool little little subtlety there. Mm-hmm. But my God, was this match. I mean, I heard live. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard the live story. Uh, live, right as this match started, somebody ran out from, from the back and told, uh, <laughs> told the guys to stop wrestling and stall. <laughs> so yes, that's what they, I, heard when I, was, when I was taking care of the Twitter feed at this time, and yeah. I saw somebody tweet that they're doing nothing but stalling and playing to the crowd and just doing rest holds, trying to. And they, they cut promos on each other and stuff, and the crowd eventually started chanting, you know, like "F the pay per view" and um, <laughs> "We want wrestling." But once they got going, the match was just the crowd was so dead, and uh, I just felt bad for these guys. Yeah, it's it's a real shame that these. Yeah, these two guys have worked so hard to get up to this point, and then you know the match is kind of just not ruined, but you know a lot of the shine is taken off. What would have been you know a really sort of great match for both guys? That you say you know the, the massive errors with the uh, with the infamous brownout, but I suppose uh, you was know, this um, you know this brownout was obviously out of Ring of Honor's control, wasn't it? So there's nothing they could do about this at all. There was no way to no. sort of prevent this or anything. It no, was, uh, no, it was WWE's fault. Blame them. <laughs> yeah. Damn Vince sending a storm. Yeah, he could he probably snap his like, fingers and pull the power somehow. I don't even told Harry like before the show because I was in control of the Twitter and everything. I told him I might have power go out here because I live a couple hours north of where the show was. I told him like there's some crazy storms going through, so I wouldn't be surprised if I lose power. I didn't lose power, but that place did. So I, I wasn't surprised at all when it happened. Maybe you had a really really weak out, so maybe like a. I don't know, a green out or something. So you, <laughs> you 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 lost a bit of power, but not enough to to not not to, tweet. To, yeah, so to not blew tweet. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, up next, we have a another victim of the brownout. I believe it was a street fight between the Young Bucks and the All Night Express. Um, once again, this has been uploaded on YouTube for free for everyone to watch. Um, so, has anyone had a chance to watch this yet? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm glad I, you're here because without I'm you, prepared. I don't know if anyone has seen this. Really I have no life. The um, Spring of Honor website thing. <laughs> I'll have too much oh, of man. a life this week. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm on break this week, so I got to watch all kinds of wrestling. Um, Spring break for wrestling fans, as Kevin Kelly says. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, they they use barricades and and they killed each other. You know, it wasn't too debt like uh it wasn't too bad um by my standards i they didn't you know try to kill each other too badly they had a shopping cart um all not express brought a shopping cart down to the ring <laughs> that was kind of fun uh, but the finish saw matt jackson superplex kenny king through the table for the finish so they exchanged victories over the weekend uh, up next, we had the World Tag Team title match between the Briscoes and Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. I uh, got home about halfway through this, so I was not. I mean, from what I saw, it seemed okay. I mean, when I, you know, put on GoFootLive.tv, they were all chanting same old, you know what. So that was my first impression. Sort of welcome to this match is what the crowd think. Um, but John, I believe you've had a chance to watch this one. You know, what were your thoughts on it? I thought it was a good match. I still think Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team are good. Like, I think they're good heels. And when they were chanting that, it's because they were on. They were doing the, uh, like the work over the one member of the face team portion of the tag team match. Ah. So, they were, so they were, of course, hitting all the all their usual spots just to work over. I think it was 
I don't remember. I think it was Jay Briscoe, but hang on a second. Looks like John's had a brown out mid sentence. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, they were working. I guess should I pause so you can edit that, or is that enough? To pause me. Awkward Just go with quiet. it. Just go with okay. the brown out. We don't edit. So, what are you on about? This is completely live. This is live radio, my friend. <laughs> so they were. Uh, so they were just chanting that because they were hitting all their usual spots, just doing the work over. But once, once that portion ended, I thought it turned into a pretty enjoyable match. I mean, it was, it was a whole lot better than what they did at Final Battle because this was actually a, a coherent match. Match, yeah. There was no wild brawling for half an hour and people leaving the ring to, just to come back only to lose, and just general mayhem. This was just a good, solid, good, well structured match and. The only thing I'm, and I was hoping this would be the end of this feud, but after the match, the Rescue's Greatest Tag Team attacked the Briscoes, and I, my worst nightmare is that this match is, con- this uh, feud is going to continue for another yeah. six months. Oh, yeah, they, they, they actually put in the news, today's news, why there's going to be a rematch. Oh, when? They, they haven't announced when, but they said like after, um, after Saturday night's, you know, what happened, that we'll be sure to sign a rematch at some point, so... Um, but surely it's a rematch of a rematch because, I mean, obviously they had the initial match of Final Battle, so really it's a rematch of a rematch, which, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, Ring of Honor always, you know, especially Jim Cornette has been saying, like, oh, we're not going to reward people for sort of, um, you know, <laughs> doing things they shouldn't, yet Wrestling Great Tech Team have just basically just been hitting the briskers with chairs for a few months and now they attack them after the match and then it looks like they're going to get another shot despite losing. Well, as long as they pay the five thousand dollars for the fun, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, as long as Jim Cornette, yeah, pockets the the, the ten thousand. Uh, I think they're gonna do a storyline where Jim Cornette he like uh, brings in, um, uh, he brings in like Batista or something, and he says that he <laughs> used he used he used all the money that he got through fines <laughs> to bring in a top star, and he's gonna oh, take over. Have I think all the, all the money that Jim Cornette has could probably just about pay for Batista's like monthly steroid bill. <laughs> have, have you seen Batista's pictures from this past weekend? We're really going to talk about this. <laughs> he, he competed in a triathlon in Miami this past weekend, and he had dreads. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's like, but there's but there's bad as Eddie Edwards' his early early days one. He he had like Batista had like his head shaped like a mohawk, but like on top instead of like spiking it up, he had dreads there instead of the mohawk. It was so stupid looking. <laughs> just just go check right. that out if you haven't yet. I love bad wrestling. Also check out rohworld.com if you like Ring of Honor. Yes, do that and, and check out thingsdesdes.net if you're uh, if you're a fan of Ring of Honor and and every, and and stupid things. We talk about stupid wrestling, such as Batista's uh, dreadlocks. Yeah, we. I'm gonna do a whole article now, a whole column on Batista's <laughs> dreadlocks. Um, I have something to say about this one though. The whole time on TV, they were selling this match as somebody's gonna get carried out. Um, yeah, nobody got <laughs> carried out. If you watch the match, anyway. It wouldn't tell you that anybody got carried out. I expected brawling and street fight kind of action, and I did not get that. The thing uh, is, they've been, they've been running with more or less the same storyline since the first initial match. I mean, way back from, from Best in the World last year when the Briscoes attacked Wrestling's Great Tag Team with the chairs, it's been basically the same storyline the whole way through. They've just both teams have sort of switched switched sides. They're, they're just keeping mm. each other with chairs. Yeah, it's Getting still... fines and just sort of doing it again. Yeah, they're just... Uh, I'm not a big fan of this storyline. I mean, I think they should just... This feud need, doesn't need to go in anymore. No, nah, just, just move just move on now. I mean, you've got the Young Bucks who, you know, could still have another shot at the titles. We've obviously got ANX have got their title shot that they won at um, Ladder War, which Ring of Honor seems to want to hide and not, yeah. not let anyone know about. But, um... What if they bring in a IRS to collect fines? <laughs> that'd be the best thing ever <laughs> also um before we go on to because uh i i believe the main event's next i'm not sure um my notes are really weird no, here. this is the um three blind destiny matches oh that's right <laughs> oh god um but well before that there was a promo coming back from intermission and i think they were just stalling um but it was mike bennett he was cutting a promo on Lance Storm, so it leaves you to believe that this there might be a rematch somewhere down the line. I don't, I'm not sure. Probably, perhaps at the Border Wars show in Toronto. Yeah, oh, that's a possibility. So, yeah. Which yeah, I think is going to be an internet pay-per-view. 
actually. Oh, has that okay. been confirmed or is that just a rumor? I think it, it's rumored right now. I read about it in the Observer, but I, I'm not sure. Um, it would make sense because Ring of Honor are really building up to be like this massive, massive show. It'll yeah. probably be another one of those, you know, ten dollars type things. I'm guessing. And the the last I paid for you in Canada was it Death Force on Death eight, Rock, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, that with was Tyler amazing. and Davey, right? That was an amazing show. So the Can- the Canadian crowd are always really, really good as well. So that that would be great to have on iPad for you as well because it's such a long wait until the next one. I'm you know best in the world. I don't want to have to wait that long. So uh, and let's just make the feed work this time, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll yeah, be fine if we actually want to watch it. And this brownout ended just as Mike Bennett and Maria started freaking out. <laughs> yeah, that, dude, that's that awkward. lasted. I think that lasted for like a thousand hours. They yeah, made out and the crowd was just chanting the entire time, just going, "Yes, yes." <laughs> and that was the best thing ever to come back from a power outage. I oh, that was man. just the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh dear. <laughs> I think that needs to be the new intro off the top of ROH cast instead of the ROH chant. It needs you to be the I, yes chant. I was thinking that earlier when I was watching the. Al Generico and Kevin Steen Street felt they started shouting yes. And I thought, you know what? We need this as the intro on RH cast. So that's two votes. So how do you make it happen? Someone else will have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, up next, we had the three Blind Destiny matches where uh, one of them would be a, for the world title based on the outcome of the triple threat in night one, which obviously David Richards won. So um, the first Blind Destiny match was Kevin Steen taking on Eddie Edwards which saw um, Kevin Steen getting the win with a sort of roll-up. Um, in my opinion, you know, this match was, was sort of getting good. I was really starting to get into it, and then it just sort of ended out of nowhere with the roll-up. I mean, John, did you have that same sort of feeling? Yeah, like when he rolled him up, I was like, okay, he's going to kick out too. Then it ended. Mm. I was like, okay, that, that happened. Okay. So I'm not sure if they ran out of time and had to end it, wrap it up quickly or what, but... That it just felt really weird, like how it ended. Uh, I think uh, Steen he injured either his hip or his thigh, and they went home early. I okay, I knew something. I knew something had to happen, and I knew that it couldn't have been the planned finish. I knew something had to out of out of had to, had to have happened during the match, as I stutter horribly. <laughs> <laughs> at least it sort of just—I know it's only a little sort of move, but at least it proves that. Steen can actually win a match without having to use a weapon. I mean, I know obviously... Yes, it was good seeing him in a match that wasn't, you know, a hardcore match of any description. It was just a standard, you know, one-on-one match. And uh, Yeah, I think, I think people forget good. how good he is just as a yeah, exactly. technical wrestler. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been nice for him to go, you know, go a bit longer. But obviously, if what Des says is uh, correct, then obviously, you know, you don't want to have a guy out there being injured. So, um, you know, even with, with the sort of, premature ending it was still a you know still a good match mm. we then got to the um, second blind destiny match which was between Roderick Strong and Jay Lethal at the start of the match uh, Tommaso Ciampa came out and did a promo in the ring he basically basically said that if um, Lethal wants his TV title back he needs to put it on the line right now against Roddy if he wins then he would go in the ring and um basically say that Lethal's the better man and give him the belt, which basically confirmed to everyone that Lethal was going to lose this match, in my opinion anyway. Um, and obviously that did happen. We saw Roddy get the win after uh, Champa had the most feeble interference I've ever seen. I don't know whose fault that was, <laughs> but Champa basically went to throw Lethal into the ring post, but Lethal just seemed to casually walk into it, and it just looked really <laughs> bad. But, um, luckily, you know, they threw him in the ring. He wasn't pinned off that um, strong hit a backbreaker, and then uh, got the three count to, be- to become the new uh, TV champion. So, uh, you know, Stephen, what do you think about you know Roddy becoming the new TV champion? Um, I-, I think it's something that I was I was thinking was going to happen. I had a good idea that you know they were going to make this a TV title match and. I suppose with Champa sort of making, you know, Lethal put it on the line, as as we said earlier, at least a Champa and Lethal sort of match and uh, maybe a few down the down the line. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad they've given uh, Strong the title. It, it gives him something different to do, you yeah. know, other than chase the world title, which was uh, what was needed. And um, especially with Algin as well, sort of, he's, you know, with his grand match against uh, Edwards and obviously he's still got his uh, world title shot as well from uh, Survival of the Fittest. So, Keeping those two guys, you know, in a different sort of portion of the card as well, uh, is also a, a good idea. And uh, yeah, I was I was all for this decision to be honest. Um, it's a good idea, if uh, in my opinion. So uh, yeah, good job. 
Hmm. John, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I like the move of uh, putting the belt on Lethal. I was trying to figure out what they're going to do, like the entire show with the belt, and how they're going to handle the situation. Because I figured Ciampa would demand a title match or something. And they're going to make this a triple threat match with either Ciampa or Strong walking away with the belt. But I'm interested in seeing where Ciampa goes from here now that his main problem was with Lethal and trying to win the belt from Lethal. What, are they still going to continue their feud, or is what's going to happen there? But I think having the belt on Strong is a, is a great idea. He becomes the second Triple Crown champion in Ring of Honor, I believe. Triple Crown? Yeah, the second yeah. ever, yeah. And I think it's a good move. It gives him something to do that's different, like you said. he's He was kind of getting old, just like, I'm going to beat you, Davey Richards, then lose. Then, oh, I was just joking, I'm going to beat you this time, Davey Richards, <laughs> then losing. So this gives him something different, and it really sets up a, the uh, the eventual breakup of Michael Elgin away from the House of Truth. It, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can only imagine that Strong's going to be like, yeah, I'm the only champion in the House of Truth, and when Elgin, is, you know, I'm going to imagine Elgin's going to cash in his other title shot, and, you know, Martini's going to try to interfere to help Elgin, but it's going to end up costing the match, and Elgin's going to turn on Martini and then probably win the TV title away from Strong at some point in the future, but... I think this sets up a lot of possibilities and a lot of good, intriguing matchups going into the next few months, and I'm happy about this move. Yeah, I can definitely see um, Elgin being the one to sort of take the title off Roddy eventually, whenever that does happen. Yeah, I think I see that as a as a direction, but I also uh, where does this leave? I mean, I really think this takes a lot of shine off Champa and Lethal. I mean, what are they wrestling for now? Yeah, that's what I maybe Lethal mm. wants revenge for losing this belt, but what good does that do, Champa? That's why I don't know. Like, would he still chase the TV title, or is this problem still just with Lethal? But I don't see what what any of this has really gained Champa in the long run. Now, my instant thought was that uh, Truth Martini is the secret investor of the embassy, but that, ah. I, I don't think I don't think that will be the very likely. Well, but especially it, with him buying the Rhino services from. Nana going into whatever it is. Mm. It just seemed a bit strange. You know, why does Champa want Lethal to lose the belt? Surely he wants to take the belt for himself from Lethal? I mean, I agree, it is a little bit confusing, and I'm just sort of, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens at the the TV tapings um, this weekend, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we then got to the main event of the of night two, and uh, many would say uh, the best match of the weekend, and possibly probably the best match of the year so far. I mean, personally, it's it is the, the greatest match I've seen in a long time, and it's given me a lot of sort of faith back in Davy Richards. I mean, I think this just proves that Davy Richards, you know, is still as good as he was when he was, you know, chasing the belt. And his problem has been that he's been facing the same people repeatedly. But you put him in the ring against, you know, a fresh opponent and a really talented one in Michael Elgin. You give him, what, 25, 30 minutes and, you know, they put on an absolutely five-star perfect match. I mean, I literally was trying to think, like, what was wrong about this match and I cannot think of anything. I mean, I know I haven't had a chance to see the whole show, but I've actually watched this match twice. It was that, you know, <laughs> I enjoyed it that much. It was just fantastic. I mean, um, John, I mean, do you have the same sort of sort of um, respect for this match, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. Like, I remember talking to you about before this match on on here, just like, oh, like I, I'm not looking forward to David Richards, but I'm, you know, excited to see Michael Owen get a shot. Then after the... Like, throughout the match, we kept on talking like, holy crap, this match is amazing. Mm, yeah, we were just both just amazed at how good it was. We were just like, shocked. I, I, like, I was just marking out the entire time. Like, I knew there's no way Davey could lose this, lose the match, but... There was so many times where I thought he was actually fall, I was just like, I was just on, like, if, like, on the edge of my seat watching this match. It was just so exciting, such a great match. It was just perfect, like, like you said. Like, one of the best matches I've seen in a long long time so i'm trying to think like what are some other matches lately that i've seen that have you know made me freak out during it like like the way that one did and the last match i can think of would, would have been john cena versus cm punk from money in the bank last year so this is this is easily the best match of the year i've seen so far and probably any company up to this point and it was just just an amazing match and it like you said restored my faith back in Davey because i had been critical of so critical of him, but it turns out that it's just 
him going against Sam opponents have been getting stale and not necessarily what, necessarily what he's been doing. And it really, you know, helped me get behind Michael Elgin even more than I already was because I'm already a big fan of him. This is even making me a bigger fan of him. Mm. And this was just his breakout performance. And this Nigel McGinnis commentary this, during this match was just perfect. He was probably marking out just as hard as me and you were. Yeah, he made the match, you know, yeah. even better than it was. He was just so sort of emotional and so into the match and so much better than the usual sort of monotone Kevin Kelly. So he definitely added to, you know, an already fantastic match. He just made it that bit better. I love, I mean, this match, I can't even begin to, to say, talk about this match. I could talk about this match for an hour. It was just so well done. I mean, the psychology of it was just so good um, with, you know, the crowd really turned a corner on Michael Elgin. He starts off as, as one of Truth Martini's flunkies. He's a non-factor. And I think probably uh, the dragon suplex off the top was probably the turning point for the crowd. And well, I thought he they, landed on his head, like straight on his head. Oh, yeah. my God. And, and uh, I think right there was where the crowd just... They wanted to see this man win the world title. And he just went from being a flunky to that. And to the point where they started turning sort of on Davy Richards, where they didn't want to see him hit Michael Elgin, you know? Mm. It was yeah, just, this match it definitely was so well Elgin done. Face. And McGinnis, I mean, when he started in August, he was just, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was very good. He was, he was coming into his own. I think now he's probably going to be announcer of the year. He is so good at what he's doing right now. Like you believe that, you know, he really is into that match as much as he, you know, it's not just acting. He sounds like he's really into it, and he, he probably was, and it's just, his commentary was, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. He just, you can just tell, like, the passion in his voice that he still loves wrestling and that he is just amazed by what the guys are doing in the ring and that he's still, he's a fan of what he's seeing mm. and that he just can't help but to freak out and just yell when things happen. And it's just, just so much fun with doing. He just makes things so much better, and I agree. He's when he started, he he was decent, like, but you could tell he was really comfortable. But now he's gotten comfortable behind the announcer table, and you can just hear how great he's become. And he's probably only going to get better at announce at calling matches. And just this match was just phenomenal. It was just <laughs> after the because uh, I was feeling kind of crappy about these shows, all the technical issues whether they are Ring of Honor's problems or not. But this match kind of made things just feel a whole lot better. It ended this whole kind of debacle of a weekend, technical-wise. Mm. On a, It ended it on like the brightest note it possibly could have. Yeah. It, to be honest, this match was almost worth the, uh, you know, the $20 by itself. It was that good. I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so um, as you said, John, it was a fantastic way to... To end the weekend, after all the the troubles they had with the technical stuff in the stream, you know, to end on such a fantastic match and the best match of the year so far, and I can't see them topping this to be honest the rest of the year. But it was, you know, just fantastic, and uh, I really can't say anything more anything else about it. So you know, if you if you have missed this weekend, I mean, I w- I would say personally it's worth just watching it just for this one match. I mean, you've missed it, you're a fool. Okay, yeah. pause. <laughs> Pause this show. Pause this show right now. Go order this show for fourteen ninety five or whoever this, however much the single show is. Watch this match and then come back and listen because I'd, you're, I'd you're say it's worth it. paying the extra five dollars to see both nights because uh, night one, watch uh, both nights, the triple threat and the Generico Steen match of night one are both worth worth watching as well. And uh, I mean, I don't think we've said there's been any bad matches at all on the you know the entire card some were just sort of okay but there's been nothing awful and you know when you do top it off with that five star perfect match then you know it turns out to be a you know a great weekend for ring of honor apart from the uh, technical issues but anything uh, you'd like to say you know before we wrap up you know we've talked about all the matches do you want to give your sort of overall opinions i think with all the technical difficulties it really did mar the weekend um they were very good shows if you watch them, you know, just as shows without all that context surrounding it. They were both very good shows. And I, I do think that if they drop GFL um, in the future, they're going to have a lot more success on Internet pay-per-view. So the best of luck to them and what they do with uh, Internet pay-per-view. Yeah, as Des said, I mean, the actual shows were, were very good quality, but 
when you, you do factor in, you know, the horrendous sort of streaming difficulties, then it does take a bit of shine off it because, I mean, you can you can sort of give them a pass for night two with the uh, the brown out or blackout or whatever they want to call it because, you know, that's out of their control. They can't do anything about that. But night one, it's, you know, do, do they not do any testing beforehand before the event? Do they not, you know, go through how they're going to do it? Do they not, you know, test how the stream is going to be on, on the internet? I mean, that's just... You know, I don't know much about production and stuff, but surely that's just basic stuff to to make sure that your you know your streams working and to make sure it's yeah. you know it's fine. I mean, that's just in anything really. You've got to check that it's working before you start. <laughs> you know, before you start it, because I mean, it, it, it I think that really left a, you know a better taste in people's mouths. I mean, I know you know a lot of people sort of gave up on it, but um, you know, hopefully they'll go back and watch the uh, the replay and even the replay. They yeah, the replay was botched up until about halfway through night two. Um, Steen and Generico cut off halfway through and the main event just wasn't in the replay at all which is yeah, and, you know very disappointing to botch the the replay as well as yeah. the live feed and the quality was quite low as well it wasn't really like, bad really yeah, disappointing I, I mean i watched the the remaining matches that i missed on night one earlier today and the yeah the quality was was very average i couldn't make it full screen because it was that bad i mean i had to have it it was like which, was... which pixels davy and which pixels uh, elgin <laughs> it, was, it was embarrassingly bad i mean i don't know whose fault that is if it's ring of honest cameras or go for live stream or whatever but i think you know in the world of you know it's 2012 everyone's got decent internet speeds or most people have i mean it's about time that you know it doesn't have to be you know 1080p high definition streams but at least you know decent quality that's not really pixelated and you can actually watch and enjoy it on full screen the frustrating thing is other companies you know that rival ring of honor are, are doing this sort of stuff in-house and doing it without fault yet ring of honor are using a supposed you know very good company who do this you know on a daily basis and they can't get it right i mean it's, something's not right there i mean as you say whether it's i mean surely it has to be go for a large problem if it's the problem with the stream they're the ones hosting the stream, so it's, surely it has to be their problem. In which yeah, case, it's true. Ring of Honor have to, you know, have to look closely at this relationship and see, you know, is it really benefiting us? You know, can, can we find something, you know, a different method where, you know, maybe even if it's going to cost a bit more, you know, if it's if it's going to be perfect every time, fans won't, you know, fans won't mind paying an extra dollar or two a show if they know everything's going to be 100% tip-top condition every time. Mm. So um, yeah, maybe Ring of Honor should go back and ha- just have a look at. You know how they're going to go forward with the eye pay per views because it's a very good outlet to get out to the fans. But you know, new people watching that show, if it's their first time show, are, are they really going to order another one after that? I mean, I'm not. I can say from experience, that. no, because I actually um, invited one of my good friends around to watch the uh, night one live with me. Um, oh. We both we both had to stay up till four a.m. I think it was UK time, and uh, he'd never seen Ring of Honor before. You know, he he knows I run this website. He's heard me talk about it all the time. And uh, the funny thing was on the sort of the car journey back to my house to watch the show, I was joking with him about the Eddie Edrads and the slow motion replays. And uh, those production issues are nothing compared to what we actually saw. And uh, I, I very much doubt he's going to want to watch, you know, Ring of Honor again after, especially, you know, risk staying up till 4 a.m., you know, wasting his entire evening and Saturday morning, you know, to watch it. I don't think he'll want to take that risk again. That's really yeah. frustrating because it's so good. Like if mm. you get past all that, it's just such good wrestling. Mm. That's yeah, that, that is disappointing because I mean nobody expects Ring One to you know have massive pyros and you know be in HD quality and but it, it's just basic thing. Just having a stream run correctly, having the stream run the matches and you know just being able to watch watch it after you paid for it. I mean it's just it's really basic stuff that. You know, even as you say with the you know the botched graphics they've had on the TV show and stuff, it just that Ring Honor just aren't helping themselves. I mean, they, you know, I know they're an in, you know well they're not really an independent company anymore, but you know they're not a massive company, but you know they they want to be seen as you know a big big company in, in wrestling. But people you know people who are watching Ring Honor for the first time aren't going to think that when they can't spell their own wrestlers' names right. And they can't actually get a show working correct. It's funny as you're saying this, you actually you, you, your voice is messing <laughs> up a bit, and it's just very sort of appropriate as you're talking about all the botches. You're sort of lagging a bit. Yeah, just, Somebody's just, uh, producing you wrong there, Stephen. He appears to be out of sync this <laughs> entire time. I just think the uh, Twitter hashtag Watch ROH was really ironic. Basically, <laughs> last weekend. 
So uh, I think that uh, wraps things up, guys. Uh, you know, any last thoughts to share on the weekend or the anything else going forward you'd like to comment on before we wrap up the show? I actually, um, I want, once again, no life. I uh, read an interview earlier today with Joe Coff that actually kind of affirmed what we're talking about here, where he was sort of very uh, reluctant to chat about Go Fight Live, but it, it, it sort of suggests that they're considering other options and probably doing what Gabe did and set up an in-house IPPV instead of having to split the profits with Go Fight Live and, and have this, this poor result. So that's sort of interesting to see where that goes in the future. Mm, I mean, you know, they are owned by a TV company now, so yes. they should be able to uh, sort I get out so frustrated story. about that. It's yeah. their television company, and they can't do television, and they can't do pay-per-view. How? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. I actually read somewhere that as well that when companies use GoFight Live, you, they only get to keep 50% of the actual 50%. revenue. That's what, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that's correct. It, it might not be, but there's a lot of dirt sheet rumors on tonight's podcast, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I've read. I mean, even if, I mean, even if it's sixty forty, I mean, Gofa Live shouldn't be getting anything from what from nope. you know what they did last weekend. That Ringliner should be like, well, you know, you didn't produce the shows correctly. We've had to put them up on our YouTube channel. So. Yeah, I mean, as hopefully they do. You know, they do look into the in-house thing because not only will they get to keep you know 100% of the revenue, but hopefully they'll be able to get the, the streams working correctly as well. So, uh, mm. yeah, interesting to see what how they uh, go forward with the iPad review. So, uh, any is that it, guys? Anything you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. Ah. Visit uh, thingsdesses.net because I'm a that's whore. The, that's and, the third plug. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna have to be a lot of uh, a lot of dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll PayPal you a lot extra. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, if you want me to write for your side or do anything, things that says .net, I talk about. I love talking about bad wrestling, if you haven't noticed from this show. I love wrestle crap and stuff like that. So if you want to talk about some of the worst wrestling ever that I could possibly think of, then check out things that says .net. That's really ironic. Well, so, I'm just going to bleep out that entire last sentence there and just be... <laughs> that's really ironic, because I've just looked at my phone and I've got an email from TNA Wrestling. So, uh, oh, that, oh. That's really bad wrestling. So. Before we get on to yeah. that, um, I think it's time to wrap up the show. So, uh, thank <laughs> you another to podcast for another day. Stephen and John for joining me as usual. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you. <laughs> this is a very sort of quiet uh, thank you there, John. But... Uh, <laughs> Thanks to Des as well for uh, taking the time out to join us. We uh, apologise for uh, our unprofessionalism throughout this uh, hour. <laughs> hey, it happens. I'm a professional myself. So. Uh, thank you to all our listeners. We hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, thank you to those of you who have been listening for, for all 30 episodes. We, we do apologise for the quality of some of these episodes. But uh, we'll be back next week as usual. And we we'll hope you uh, enjoyed the show. And we hope to see you next week as well. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>